Good morning. Um, I am so excited to see you guys here. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Mark, and I serve as the campus director here at Syracuse. Uh, today, we are starting a new series, and it's through the book of Galatians. I'm really excited to kick this one off. Um, we're going to be going over the book of Galatians for six weeks, and I, there's, there's going to be a lot coming out of it. So I think it's going to be an awesome series. Uh, the book of Galatians is, it's commonly believed to be the first epistle ever written by Paul in the New Testament, and, and there's, just, there's a lot in it. So um, let me go ahead and just give you a little overview of what we'll be going through the next six weeks, okay? So six chapters, we'll do one each week, okay? This first one today, it's called One Gospel, okay? Uh, the gospel is really what the entire New Testament the mission of Jesus, is, it's what it's all about, right? Uh, there's only one gospel, and it became necessary for Paul to address that in this, in this epistle that he wrote. Um, so the gospel began to be polluted and, and added to by false teachers clear back in the early church, clear back in Paul's time. Um, and, and we see the same thing today. So this is really going to be a good lesson to go over. In week two, we're going to be, hold on. In week two, we're going to be going over uh, what we're calling two meetings, okay? Um, there's two meetings that, that Paul addresses in the book of Galatians. One is in Jerusalem with the early church leaders there, and the other meeting is a one-on-one -on -one meeting Paul has with Peter, where he actually confronts Peter about something. And both of these meetings um, have to do with the freedom found in the gospel, and Paul addresses that in both of these meetings that he has his. That he, that he has with these people. So um, that's what we're going to do in week two. In week three, it's called the promise. The promise we're referring to is the covenant made with Abraham. We're going to go clear back in the Old Testament to Genesis 12, okay? We're going to learn how in Galatians, Paul reiterates this, this covenant that was made with Abraham. And he's going to use this as, a, as an example to show how Jesus saves through faith. Uh, in week four, this one we're calling labor pains. Uh, Paul's going to look at two, two famous mothers in Jewish history, okay? And he's going to use these illustrations to kind of contrast and compare between the false gospel and the true gospel. And then um, in week five, we're calling this one true freedom. Uh, this one we're just going to talk about uh, Paul talks about in chapter 5 that the freedom of the gospel, what it looks like, and how to find it, okay? Um, and then the last one, Paul's going to give some final thoughts in chapter 6 about what it looks like to live out the gospel, to, to let that spirit uh, shine out through us, okay? So, um, this is going to be an awesome series. Like I said, I'm excited about it. And we're encouraging people, you know, as we go through this, you're going to want to do more than just, just come on Sunday and listen to the sermon. You're going, to want to, you're going to want to dig into this yourself. And one of the best ways that we're kind of talking about doing that is since there's six chapters, if you read one chapter a day for six out of seven days of the week, and, and you do that for six weeks, you'll read through the entire book six different times. Okay? And so that'll give you a really good opportunity to get a lot more out of this. We encourage you to do that on your own with your personal study, with a mentor in your small group, with your family. Okay? You'll just get a whole lot more out of this. So we're encouraging you to do that.
Um, let's get into it here. The book of Galatians is probably like the most intense of all the, of all the epistles written by Paul. Um, Paul has, I would, call, I would call it like a righteous anger that you kind of see come out in this epistle. Um, and as we get into this, into this uh, story, you're going to see why. Um, some call it the, the charter of Christian freedom, the book of Galatians, okay? Because Galatians, it, it really nails down the liberty that we find in the gospel, okay? It was, this book was really important. It was really impactful during the Protestant Reformation. This was one of the most used scriptures. Um, and, and if you don't know the Protestant Christians during this time, during the Reformation, they this was when they, they broke away from the Roman Catholic Church. And so this really was their mantra. So, so it's a really important book. Um, in Galatians, Paul plainly and he passionately lays out the gospel in a few different ways. He's going to lay out the legitimacy of the gospel, okay? And he's also going to lay out his own legitimacy um, as, a, as an apostle because both of, both of these things kind of came into question by, by people who had, who had come through and were, were questioning that. They were discounting the gospel that he taught, and they were discounting that Paul was even a legitimate, a legitimate apostle, okay? Um, he's also going to lay out the superiority of the gospel. He's going to show that nothing else can really compare to the truth of the one gospel. And he's also obviously going to touch on the freedom that we find in the gospel, now, the purpose, Paul's purpose in writing this letter to the Galatian churches was to refute those who were trying to change and, and add to the gospel who came after them. So, let's get into the background a little bit of what was going on um, that, that made Paul feel the need to write this letter, okay? So, on his first journey, uh, his first missionary journey, Paul traveled through the region of Galatia to share the gospel, and to plant churches. Now we see in Acts chapter 13, it's going to talk about this a little bit. It says, Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch, Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue for the services. And it goes on in verse 43, uh, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. Uh, now, just for your, you know, if you're curious, a little curiosity, the region of Galatia, it's actually modern-day Turkey today. Just a little reference point there. Now, we see here, Paul and Barnabas, right, were on a mission to share the gospel and plant churches, as it says, right? And the way that they were doing this was they were going um, to the Jews in the synagogues, and they were giving them the good news. They were sharing with them about Jesus and, and how he completed the work that, that needed to be done, that he was the Messiah. Uh, there were two different kinds of Jews, okay, in the synagogues at this time. There were those born and raised in it, right? These, these were Jewish by, by, by race and culture and, and, and also by religion. Um, but there were also um, converts to it, okay? These, these were people who were Gentiles, that converted to Judaism. Now, just so you guys know, to convert to Judaism back then, it, it, 
it was a lot of trouble. There was a lot of stuff that goes into it, including circumcision, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of hoops to jump through here. Um, and then following all the Jewish laws and everything. Um, anyways, just so you guys know, that's, that's the, two, the two different groups that were in these synagogues that Paul was teaching, okay? Uh, Paul taught and showed the Jews how the Messiah how Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Messiah that was promised to them, okay, that they'd been waiting hundreds of years for. And he proved that through the, through the Jewish Scriptures. He showed that to them. Uh, they even ended up taking the gospel to the Gentiles outside of the synagogue, okay? And, and many, many Gentiles became believers. So, what's interesting is we see here how the one true gospel that they bring, right, it unites people. It unites everybody. It wasn't just for the Jews. It, it, it brought everybody together and united them all. And, and so we see how, how amazing this thing really is. No matter the race or background, everybody was united under this one gospel, this one good news. And that's what the word gospel literally translates to. It translates to good news. Okay? Or, it can be a verb trans, or it can be a verb proclaiming the good news. Okay? Um, so they go, they, they're sharing this gospel, people are coming, the, you know, it's uniting all these people, it's growing, it's spreading, people are excited about this thing. But it didn't take long for that message of the gospel to begin to get muddled and mixed up by um, false teachers that began to come in. So this, this uh, second point that we have here, a group of false believers infiltrated the Galatian churches to bring a different message. So after Paul and Barnabas leave, right, a group coming through um, began teaching Gentiles that they actually needed to become Jews first before they could become saved. Their message was that salvation required more than just putting faith in Jesus. It was a, there was a lot more to it. They wanted to require the Gentile believers to become Torah observant, get circumcised, eat kosher, uh, observe the Sabbath, follow all of these different laws and rules and regulations that they had. But the biblical message, it's clear, right, that um, from cover to cover through the Bible, we read, if we read the whole story, salvation is brought one way, Right? Faith alone in Christ alone, right, through grace. So these guys, um, these Judaizers is what we call them, they contradicted the gospel that Paul and Barnabas had brought. They weren't bringing freedom to these people. They were bringing a burden. So as I said, these people, we, we know them as Judaizers, okay? This, is, this was their gospel they brought. Jesus plus works, right? They taught that salvation was only had this way. Now, the original gospel, the, the first true gospel that they brought to these people, that Paul brought, was Jesus plus nothing. It was Jesus alone, right? You can see I'm, I'm sporting, the, sporting the shirt today, right, guys? So, um, yeah, I, I, this, this is the gospel that we know that Paul taught, and you can see how much these two contradict each other, okay? Um, salvation. Let's talk a little bit about what salvation means, okay? When we say salvation, 
We mean we're freed from sin and death. Okay? We're transformed by the Spirit that takes up residence in us when we give our life to Christ. And we're restored in our relationship with God. Okay? Able to live in His presence for eternity. This is all done through Jesus. Okay? And that's what we mean by salvation. So for these Judaizers you can see that the perfect sacrifice of Jesus wasn't enough for them. They didn't think it was enough. And I think often we see the same thing today. Um, we see so many people who can't accept that that's enough. They feel that there's something that they need to do. And I think we probably all still struggle with this. We feel like there's something I can do, something I can add to this, something to make me more worthy of, of accepting this thing, right? So Paul wrote Galatians in response to these Judaizers, but it speaks to us today as well. So he, he wrote Galatians in response to the false gospel of the Judaizers. Now, in regards to kind of the tone that Paul uses here, um, Let's just think a little bit here. Have you, ever, have you ever seen someone getting picked on or bullied? And just just if, if you have, think about how that made you feel, what you thought in that instance. I know for me, it makes me angry, right? When I see somebody being bullied and I see that kind of injustice going on, um, it makes me angry. I feel determined to do something about it. And that's... That's how I picture Paul here. As I read through the book of, book of Galatians, I picture Paul having that same feeling of, of just feeling like there's an injustice going on and it angers him. And he's tackling that. Uh, because you think about it, they came in, they shared this gospel message that was amazing, right? The Gentiles were so overjoyed. They were excited to know that Jesus hadn't just come to save the Jews. He came to save them as well. And that just, that overjoyed them. But now people have come in and they've told them something else. They've told them, no, that's not enough. You, you guys aren't really saved. There's, there's more that you need to do. You need to become like us. You need to become a Jew first. You have to do all, you have to jump through all these hoops. You have to do all these things. And so, as we, as we think about that, think about the state of mind that Paul's in as he knows what's going on here in Galatia. Let's read through what he says here. Starting in verse 6 of chapter 1, I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Now, there's only one gospel, okay? There's, there's only one good news. And Paul is writing to remind them of that. What the Judaizers were teaching, this wasn't good news. What he says right here, right? It pretends to be good news, but it's not. The true gospel is the good news that Jesus accomplished what none of us ever could. And it's given to us by grace. Grace 
Let's talk about what grace is. Grace is an unmerited gift. Okay? It's not something that can be earned. It's not something that can be worked for. If it's worked for, if you work for something, it's no longer grace. It actually says in Romans chapter 11, verse 6, and if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. See, the truth is there's nothing that we can do to pay for our sin. The price is too high. It's too great. The only death that could cover our sin was Jesus's, okay? And he gave that to us freely because he loved us. So the Judaizers, they were not bringing good news. They were bringing bondage. They were trying to enslave these people again under the law. They were bullying the Gentiles. And that's why Paul responds so strongly it gets, it gets better here. As we go to verse 8. Oh, boy. Here we go. Can you fix that for me, Dallas? Can you go to the next slide for me? Thank you. So, he, he goes on to say in verse 8, okay, to, to talk about what's going on here. He says, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. Now, now, really pay attention to that. That sounds pretty harsh, right? That's, that's, that's some strong language he's using there. Calling for God's curse on those teaching a different gospel. So, Obviously, this is an extremely important issue. Okay? He says that anyone, even himself, if he comes through teaching a different gospel that contradicts, that he should be cursed. That anybody who comes through teaching a different gospel should be cursed by God. And, and look at that. He's even saying if an angel comes through teaching something different, don't listen to it. So the gospel, the real gospel, the good news, it's, it's simple and it's profound at the same time. Paul lays it out clearly in the book of Romans. In chapter 3, verses 22, or verse 22, he says, We are made right with God by placing our trust in Jesus Christ. And this is true for anyone who believes no matter who we are. And that's, that's the gospel. So what is Paul saying here? What's he saying? How are we made right with God? Are we made right by coming to church? Are we made right by serving, maybe in kids' church, set up teardown team, greeters? Are, you know, are we made right by um, giving or paying a tithe? Are we made right with God by evangelizing, going out and serving on missions trips? What about if you dedicate your entire life to ministry, dedicate your whole life to God that way? Does that save us? That's not what it says here. 
It says none of these things bring salvation, right? None of these will make us right with God. This is the way that we are made right with God, by placing our trust in Jesus Christ. And the end of that verse, for me, I, I, think, I think that's really powerful as well. At the end of the verse, it says, it's true for anyone who believes, no matter who we are. That, for me, um, personally hits me hard. Because I don't know about any of you, but for me, um, in my life, uh, most of my life, I, I, I didn't believe that. I lived a life of sin. I lived a life of selfishness. Um, and I, I caused a lot of pain and destruction in my life before I came to Jesus. And I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy of forgiveness. I didn't feel like I, I deserved it. I knew what I deserved was God's punishment. That's what I knew I deserved. And so when I read that, that's powerful to me. This is the good news. This is the gospel of Jesus right here. See, we all fall entirely short of the glory of God. All of us sin, and we rack up this debt of sin that none of us can ever, can ever pay. And it says this in Romans, in chapter 6, verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But that's not the end of the verse either. It goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. So our debt is something that we could never pay for. It's too, it's too big. It's too much. We could never be reconciled with a just and holy God. God is too great. He's too holy. There's nothing that we could do to cover that debt of sin that we had. So that's the good news is that Jesus came to our rescue. Right? He came. He lived the perfect life that none of us could. And he went and paid the debt for us. He took the death that we deserve. And he went to the cross and took that on himself. And this, this is the mercy and the grace of Jesus. Now, mercy, mercy is not getting what we do deserve, right? It's not getting the punishment that we deserve. Grace, let's define that. Grace is getting something that we don't deserve. It's a gift. Grace is being given the gift of salvation that none of us do deserve. Mercy, not getting what we do deserve. Grace, being given what we don't deserve. And Jesus does both these things. And that really is the central theme of Galatians, okay? It's, it's grace. It's all about grace. And there's nothing we can do to earn it. Now, you look at this, this uh, illustration we have up here, okay? On one side, we have sin. On one side, we have works. And it's kind of, if you, if you look at that kind of as a spectrum, right? There's this sweet spot of grace, that is where, that's where the gospel is. So, um, this doesn't give us freedom, right, to go on sinning. Then that's why we've got that sin part crossed out. Because if we're living that way, if we're saying, well, I'm saved, I can just go on living how I want to live, we don't really understand the price that was paid for us. We really don't get it. I don't think we comprehend that. We also can't add anything to it on the other side of the spectrum, 
by putting works on top of it, right? That's undercutting what Jesus did. And that's also uh, something that is warned about here by Paul. It's really just the pride of man that makes us think that there's something else we can add to it, that we can add something to the grace of Jesus. And we all struggle with it. It's part of our, our fallen nature, our sin nature. But the final words of Jesus when he was up on the cross were what? It is finished. And it is. It's finished. And we live in that victory. Those who have given their lives to Christ, we live in that victory. That's where the good works come from, right? That's where our desire to do all these things come from. It's not to save ourselves because we can't do it. That comes out of that, that love. Like Jesus, Jesus won me. He won my victory. So here's the question. Are you trusting in Jesus alone for your salvation or have you fallen for a different gospel? If you haven't put your faith in the work of Jesus and Him alone for your salvation, I encourage you to do that. And you can do that today. You can do that right now. It's a gift that He offers. That's what we, that's what we talked about, right? What grace is. It's a gift. And He offers it to anybody who believes in Him if you put your faith in Him. And He's waiting for you to accept it if you haven't. He paid a pretty hefty price, right? And He wants us. He wants you. He loves you. He wants you. And that's why He did what He did. If that's a decision you'd like to make today, if you'd like to give your life to Christ, to accept this this free gift of grace that he offers each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, I encourage you to do that. Talk with somebody maybe that you've come with today. Come find, come find a leader. Come find uh, Ray. Will you raise your hand? Ray will, and, and Sharice, my wife in the back, you saw her up front earlier. Come find somebody and we'll talk to you about it because we would love to help you make that decision. You can come talk to me afterwards. But uh, I, I just really pray that you guys would really contemplate that and think about that. And we should also let this sink in and, and, and register that this is the gospel. This is who we are. This is the victory that we live in, those who have given their lives to Jesus. Let's, let's let that motivate us. Let's live in that victory. Okay, guys? Let's go ahead and pray. God, we are just so um, humbled as we talk about the work that you did, the sacrifice that you made for us because you love us that much. Those of us who were uh, so lost in sin, so um, such enemies of yours, I myself, I've been an enemy of yours. But God, you love us. You love us anyway. And this is how much you love us, that you gave your only son to die in our place, to pay that debt that we could never pay. You took that on, Jesus, and, and God, we are just so overwhelmed, overjoyed, so grateful. We're so undeserving of it, and we know that. 
that's, that's your love for us. God, we pray that you would help us to just live in that, live in this victory. The victory is won. Help us to, to stay in that space, that place of grace and love and peace, and the joy that it brings. God, we pray for those that have not put their faith in you today, that they would hear this message, that they would know what you've done for them, that they would have their hearts, their minds open to it, to understanding who you are and who they are to you. God, we just pray all of these things in the precious, precious name of Jesus. Amen.